Um, yeah, I'm excited about what Krista was saying because I'm excited about what God's saying to us as a church. I'm excited about uh, how he's bringing all of this together because John 17 really epitomizes um, what I've been trying to share with us as a church and, 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 um, and get us to understand and to step into this fullness. Even what Connor was uh, singing this morning about uh, the sound and the glory. And then when we sing the song, the first has to be the sound. How many know that that's literally how everything came into being and how everything works? Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, Father as the Father, the architect, the, the designer. And Jesus as the Word and Holy Spirit. How many know that the Word had to be released, the Word had to be spoken. The sound has to be released in order for Holy Spirit to bring form. Right? So there has to be the sound. And when the sound is released and the Holy Spirit brings form to it, that's when God's manifest in His glory. God wants every single one of us to experience and walk in the glory of the Lord, which is the manifest presence of God in whatever we're doing and saying. So when I come up to a person and I release the sound of healing into their life and they get healed, when they get healed, I experience, they experience the manifest glory of God, right? Because they get healed, I get to the presence and power of God to move through me, so I experience the glory of God as well. Amen. So that's kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, a sound that needs to be, re be released. And the song is you have to come into line with the sound, so that's the word, because he is the word. How many know um, they've done enough research now, enough understanding that everything is held together by sound? That's why the Bible says very clearly that, that Jesus holds everything. It's all together because the word holds it all together. Amen. And so when the word holds it all together, when, this, when we come into line with the word, we begin to decree and we begin to sing that song, then the manifest creative power of the Holy Spirit comes into being to cause that to come to pass. That's what we're about. And what we really are about is actually less and less of ourselves to understanding that it is all about Jesus. That's why we sing songs and that's beautiful. That's why if you have this understanding of revelation and I haven't changed it um, and I will go and stand before the Lord one day and will never ever change it with the understanding that as we get more and more revelation of Jesus, my heart isn't for services to get shorter. I have no understanding of why as we get more of a revelation of Jesus and more glory and more honor to him that we wanna shorten our services. It's just so we can get more people in, friends. And I'm saying there's gotta be another way than just trying to get more people in because the more and more I get a revelation of who he is, I wanna stay in his presence and I wanna sing and I wanna give him glory and I wanna worship him for as long as I can. And in the early church, friends, there was no time because they just were in love with him and just worshiping him, but they had a different revelation. They didn't have to come to a building. Friends, the buildings will not be big enough to cater for all the people of God. We have to find another way. We have to understand that this is about him, friends, and the more I'm falling in love with him, the more I'm realizing it's more about him Times with him in, in joint corporateness, friends, will just take more and more time because we lose ourselves in him, amen? And the more he manifests his glory, the more you wanna be there, amen? So only way you wanna do it quickly and just go through the rituals, friends, where there's no actual glory, there's no power, there's no presence, there's nothing happening, friends, you can go quickly. When things begin to happen, you don't wanna go quickly. You just wanna sit there, you wanna linger, you wanna worship him, amen? So there must be another way than just having multiple services. Now, I'm all for people getting saved, I'm all for the church growing and expanding. Of course I am. Book of Acts, God's adding to the number daily. But there's got to be another way than just shortening our services so we can cater for people. 
At the end of the day, our meetings, friends, are about him. Amen. That was for free. I just don't know why I said that, but I just said it because... But I want us to understand, friends, there's a picture here for 24-7 church, and it's not to grow a big building. We're going to build a building, friends, because I believe in the corporate gathering, and the more and more as he's more imminent of his return, the more we want to gather together as the people of God. But there's got to be something bigger with this picture here, which is why 24-7 fire and incense, friends, is not some little event, friends. It's a practice for what's going to be reality every single day of our lives. There's a 24-7 reality here. When we build something, friends, then people can come there 24-7. You don't have to have a Sunday meeting. Oh, I won't go there. But there's, I could go somewhere, but I don't want to go there right now. Let's just let's, let's carry on with what we were talking about. But I just believe God is shaking things. God is pulling down strongholds, mindsets, things that were established in our minds, friends, that were never the word. And they were never God. And as he's shaking all of that, friends, it's just like it's time for shaking. We've, we've, we, we, we throw these scriptures out in the Bible. Talk about it. Time. There's a shaking going on, friends, to so just shatter all of that and come back to the word of God. Because it's Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. What we've learned, friends. I'm in the process at the moment, um, going on another short rabbit trail. I'm in the process of the moment of, of studying the red letters. That's the words of Jesus. And I'm realizing how somewhere in the life of the church, whether it was to please man or whether it was just a nice thing to do, friends, we've taken all the nice red letters and we preach a lot of that in the church. And it's a nice cuddle moment. As we preach all of that, people go, oh, that's so nice. But there's a wrong concept that comes in. It creeps in with the understanding that Jesus is really nice. That he's a real cuddle guy. But actually, Jesus is truth. And when you begin to read the red letters, friends, sometimes it just challenges your heart. You go, wow, he actually said that. But you see, he's Jesus, I'm not. And when he says it, friends, that's love speaking, friends. And I've got to bow and let love speak. It's like I would love to, if God gave me release sometime in the near future, whatever, I would love to talk about hell. Because Jesus constantly talked about hell. And there's a revelation there when he talked about hell, which is so radical, friends. It's so scary. And you know what's the most scary thing of the whole thing? The most scary thing is, friends, he didn't talk to unbelievers. See, there's a reality here, friends, where we, we, when we talk to unbelievers, it's good that we talk to unbelievers and we tell them that, hey, if you don't accept Jesus, you can go to hell. I understand that. There's a reality to that. But when Jesus spoke about hell in the word, friends, he spoke to the church. That's sobering. Some of the most radical descriptions of hell, which you'll find in Jude and in 2 Peter, friends, are to the believers. It's to the people of God. He's wanting us to understand this incredible price that he paid, this incredible love that he has for us, who we actually are in him. Friends, it cost, it cost him everything. This isn't a blase little attitude here of, hey, so lacquer. Friends, that's why what happens is we kind of, have this huge emphasis on when we're born again and then we drift after that. But yeah, Jesus kept reminding them and speaking to them, friends. There's an eternal punishment for people that do not come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. A horrific punishment, friends. It should break our hearts. We should be crying out there saying, God, I am so grateful for what you've done in my life and there's nobody that I would want that for. 
In the world today now, we've got all these fancy ideas. We're trying to change doctrine and fiddle around with the word because they, the, the enemy knows that the word is Jesus. And if you can fiddle there and you can break that down and you can water it down, friends, then you water down Christ in our lives. When we come back to the word, we understand the word, we see all the word and it becomes rich in our lives. We realize, wow, the things that Jesus said, that, that he's spoken to our lives is so powerful. It's so, it cuts you to the heart, friends. It makes you, it just, it's so, it's tough. Hell is a tough subject, friends. It's tough because there are loved ones and people that we've loved and walked with and journey that we know, friends, that have died without Jesus. And they're in an eternal place of hell. And if that doesn't cut us, friends, we have no revelation and understanding of the word of God. And I'm saying we've got to come back to that place of revelation, understanding, and look at the word and get to what the word says. And let it embrace our heart and let it cut it cut us to the heart and understand that this thing cannot be done by you and I. It cannot be done. Game over. It's the whole point of the word is to understand this cannot be done by you and I. That's why he came. It's all about Jesus. Zero me, all him, friends. It's his life now inside of me. It's not a case of trying, friends. It's a case of trusting. I'm saying stop trying. Stop pretending. The way you know that, friends, is the effort it's taking. Because if it's taking effort, friends, then it's you, not Jesus. You've got to surrender to the one who is inside of you. He is your life and your breath. And he wants to move and operate through your and my life. And when we catch hold of this, friends, it is the greatest, greatest humility to allow him to be honored in your and my life. If you go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, let me just launch you from there before I go into what I was sharing last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. If you just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and just go to verse 30. Just listen to this. It says, So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. The key words here, friends, is, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us. Christ Jesus became to us. So whatever you need, whatever you're short of, whatever in your life you are needing, wanting in your life, Jesus became that for you and I. One of the key things there is righteousness. Friends, if we understand about righteousness, we'll understand what God was trying to talk about there. He was trying to say that I became your righteousness. Right? Galatians chapter three, simply saying, when you received Holy Spirit, did you receive it by works or by faith? See, because when you get born again at the cross, friends, we understand grace, we understand it's all Jesus, right? So now we accept them, we go, God, whew, thank you so much for what you did. All, all. Then as we journey along uh, in our salvation, friends, we slowly drift back into a place where we get back into works and trying to earn and, and with effort and, and doing things. 
And then we've got to be reminded again and say, hold on a minute, when you did get born again, when you received Holy Spirit, did you receive it by faith or did you receive it by works? Because this journey that God wants to take us on is by faith and it's by the Holy Spirit. It's all Jesus or no Jesus. Right? Right, Grant. Okay, excellent. Amen, Amen brother. Let me, I, I used this, Sal probably will not be happy, but I used this as an example. I said, if I had to speak Afrikaans, and don't ask me to try to speak Afrikaans, but I'm just saying, if I have to speak Afrikaans, friends, it takes a lot of effort. Because it's just not my natural language. So, but it doesn't take any effort to speak English. See, that's a born again believer. If he just allows Jesus, it's spontaneous and has no effort. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free. Amen. When the law of the spirit of life has set you free, inside of you, friends, there's no more effort. It's just spontaneous. It just flows. The law of Christ, which is love, it just flows. But if I have to do effort, friends, if it doesn't come naturally to me, and the problem with a lot of the church today is it's not coming naturally to them because they haven't had their minds renewed. So they are, there's effort and pretense because I've got to try and do this, portray this, and it's hard work and, and it's tough and yes, and, and yet God's wanting to say, understand John 17, that I'm in you, you're in me, we have become one. When we become one, friends, what happens is, is Christ fills all in all. My, my body is the temple of Holy Spirit. We become one. If we become one, friends, how do, how do I become one with this, with the group of you? How do I do it, friends? If I tried with effort, I'm gonna do well, fail, it's gonna be problems, gonna be challenges. We're gonna try and struggle along, friends. But the best way I can become in unity with all of you is for me to die and for him to live. For it to be all Christ. So Christ is easy to be, to be in unity with Christ. See, it's the body of Christ. So as he becomes more and more in the fullness of who he is in my life, as I get a revelation, understanding what actually happened, friends, as I become him, his body, friends, I'll be able to link together, work together. He becomes the fullness, so it's Christ in me, so I'm no longer effort or straining. I come before him every single day and say, Lord, I can't do it. I surrender straight away. Straight away, I put the flag up and say, I can't do this, but I know you and me can. Amen. Kind of in the, in the restaurant, whatever, and we all kind of hear those testimonies and we go, ooh, that's what I should be doing. And next time I go there, I'm sitting there and some guy's shouting and go, oh, oh ooh, and I've got to do the stand-up, oh, red in the face, ooh, I just love you. Let's go back to my chair and I did it. And I can stand up next week and give a testimony in the church of how powerful the Holy Spirit just used me. Friends, that's not the Bible. The Bible is a revelation, understanding of Christ in me. I can't do it. I'm not gonna go and stand up there. I'm not gonna walk across and talk to those people. Zero chance of that ever happening, ever. But I have Jesus Christ inside of me. 
I'm saying, Lord, I can't do it, but if you wanna do it and I just surrender to you, allow you to do whatever you need to do. And God says, thank you, now I can work. And suddenly the, the waitress moves to your table. Whew. Gets a lot easier, friends, when we have to do it. I guarantee if Connor said, no, I, I'm gonna try and do this, friends, the waiter would have been at that table and then at that table and, 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 and then tough and then talking to them and going, excuse me, sit down, whatever, and that, go back to your table, I'm busy here, whatever. But I'm trying to tell you something. See, it's effort, friends. When we try and do something, it's effortless and spontaneous when Christ does something in us and through us. Amen. And that sounds simple, friends, but it's, you see, there's a, there's a little simple thing I said. The, 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 the Bible and the Christian life is not complicated, but it's very hard. The reason why it's very hard is because you ask for one thing only, make him first. That's why it's so hard. And I guarantee you, every single one of you who got challenges here today, it's coming down to one thing and one thing only. He's not first. And I'm not saying that lightly because I look at myself. It's not complicated, this. But it is the Bible. So what I wanted to pull together was Ephesians. I, I, I said it last week, and I was pull, trying to pull it together today quickly in the time allotted, which is not much. Um, it's just simply to say this. In Ephesians, from chapters one to three, friends, you've got, all, you've got all the theology. And then in four to six, you've got the outworking of that theology. And a lot of people have got stuck in the one to three, friends, and then they've tried to, with all their own effort and strain, try and do four to six, friends. And a lot of the time, we've become hypocrites and we've become a, 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 a laugh to the world. Because we've got this theology which is saying a whole bunch of stuff but it's not being outworked and people are going, who are these guys? And the reason why it's not being outworked, friends, is we never, didn't get the full revelation understanding that it is all about Jesus and that only Jesus can outwork it. And that when we give our lives to him, friends, and he becomes to, to uh, dwell within us and we become one with him and it's all about him, then our bodies are the temple of Holy Spirit, then everything that we do is Holy Spirit, Right? So just quickly in Ephesians, jump to Ephesians and I'll just jump around a little bit quickly this morning and just read a couple of things just so you, you, you get the understanding as fast as I can uh, do it. And that's, um, uh, so uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 19 and so it's asking my, pra my prayer, is I pray Lord um, that you'd give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation um, and verse 19 says, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? Amen. His immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Uh, Ephesians chapter three, verses, pick a verse, no, I think it's verse 16. But according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the spirit in your inner being. Strengthened with power in your spirit through your inner being. Um, verse 20, now to him is able to do far more abundantly more than we ask, think or imagine, according to the power at work within us. And you can jump even to, I'll just give you one more, let's just, there's some, but let's just say verse, um, chapter six, verse 12. Finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. So he's giving us a hint here. He's trying to tell us that this thing is, is done and it's outworked through the Holy Spirit within us, right? Very simple. It's a, this is not a popping veins story. This is a yielding story. This is not trying harder. This is trusting more. Amen. 
So in, the, in the Ephesians, what the simple analogy is, as I said before, is very quickly you have to understand that Christ comes down to this earth. He lives a godly life, a holy life. He's sinless. He, he, he takes the enemy on straight on between the eyes, he conquers the enemy, and then he's uh, raised from the, he dies on our behalf, raised from the dead, and seated at the right hand of God. God seats him through his, his uh, victory, and uh, through his, his journey, and his life, he conquers the enemy, strips him of all authority or power, and then he now goes and sits at the right hand of God. Amen. Then Ephesians tells us, and now, when he died, we all died in him. If you, when you surrender your life and give your life to him, then you died in him, you were raised with him, and now you're also seated with him in heavenly places. Amen. So Christ now seated in that heavenly places far above all rule and power and authority, above every single name that can ever be named, this authority that he has, we now seated with him. So the, our walk with the Lord has to start with the sitting, right? We got that. So as a church, first of all, I've got to understand that I'm seated in Christ in a place of authority and power in, in, in Him. Amen. Then the second part after that is immediately goes into walking. So it's a strange thing, but we have to gain what I said before. We have to operate according to the Word, not according to man's thinking, not according to some fancy philosophy or, or way you might think, or this is how I think it should work, and I think God should do this, because you have to realize that he's the potter and you're the clay. And it's very embarrassing when the clay begins to tell the potter what he must do. Amen. So let's listen to the potter. So that's the potter now speaking. And he's saying, first you have to learn to sit. Which you have to, what's the sitting position? Rest. You put all your weight, everything. Oh, this is really cool. It gives you an understanding, friends, that Jesus actually fought the battle, and then I don't have to fight the battle. I have to sit in the reality of what he has actually wrought and fought for me. So at the end of the day, when he now says walk, friends, what he's wanting me to do is now outwork what has already been won. We got that. So the whole point now is that we're outworking what has already been won. When I'm walking now, I'm, I'm, I'm establishing and I'm walking in the authority by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you read the rest of Ephesians, guess what all that walking's got to do with? It's got to do with people. It's got to do with relationships. It's got to do with fellow believers in the church. It's got to do with husband and wives. It's got to do with employers, employees, slaves and, 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 and masters. And all of that's about how you outwork relationally with one another, actually. This is the display of God. It's how we outwork with one another. That's actually the display of the kingdom. Friends, actually how much wealth you got is not in the Bible that that's the display of the kingdom. God is a generous God and he loves us and he wants to bless us and that's a done deal. Please, please, the understanding of the display of the nature and the character of God and who he is and for God to demonstrate his glory, friends, is found in how the people of God love one another. By this you shall know my disciples, that they're all the CEOs and they earn over 200,000 rand a month. Let's just get this whole prosperity thing and kick it up the backside. Because friends, if everybody is chasing after something about the, 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 the achieving something in God, friends, but we're not displaying the character and the nature of who he is. It's what the Bible's talking about. The whole book is about the character and the nature of God being displayed amongst us. And you can't display that except through Holy Spirit. Amen. So we've got to allow Holy Spirit to work in our lives and allow Him to do what He needs to do so that we can achieve all that He's got for us, right? 
And I've got so little time, I needed to get to these two stories, so I'm going to jump in and, and have mercy, Lord, that I don't know if everyone will catch it. Will they catch it? Okay. I'm going to go fast with three, three illustrations. And then, I said two, but I'm going to do three now. <laughs> because I want you to understand what I'm trying to say. Just simply, I want you to first understand it with the righteousness of God. So if you jump with me quickly to uh, Isaiah, let's go to Isaiah. And I have to go quick with these and then you can unpack it at another stage. If you go to Isaiah, um, let's go to Isaiah 54. And while you're doing it, Isaiah 54, if you, if, just, if you had to skip to Isaiah 55, just to help you with what I've been saying. is in, in 11, it says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. No, it's not that. It says, my ways, Isaiah 55, my ways are higher than your ways. And there, verse 7 and 8. Uh, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him when he is near. For the wicked forsake his way, and the, right, the, the unrighteous man his thought. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For your thoughts are not, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And simply put, in that understanding is what we've done is we've tried to be very clever with the word. We've jumped into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We've said, well, we've got the mind of Christ and, and things are not hidden now because through the Holy Spirit. Let me just quickly clear this up here so we can understand and put Jesus in his rightful place. At the end of the day, friends, whatever, his thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways as far as the heavens are from the earth. So if you, I don't, I don't know what your, your astrological knowledge is or whatever and all of that is, but the, the heavens and the earth, that's a, that's a long way, Right? So at the end of the day, God's thoughts, God's ways are way, way higher than us. We cannot comprehend or understand. We cannot sit there with a word, whatever, and say, well, I would do it like this and, 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 and like the Pope and say, well, this is what a father should look like, so let's change the Lord's prayer to change it because that's what a father would really do. Friends, his ways are way higher than our ways. Then none of us here sitting here today would have given our son for a bunch of people that were wicked and, 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 and were rebellious and, and, and hated him and would have taken our son and watched him, even though he, he had authority to actually wipe them out and watched him spit and, 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 and do incredible things to him. None of us would have chosen that. His ways are higher than our ways. Thoughts way, way higher than our thoughts. And he gives us the privilege, friends, by the Holy Spirit to reveal some of those thoughts to us and allow us to think and to operate in those thoughts. But let us not think, friends, that we have the understanding and the mind of God. And I can really feel, oh, we've got the mind of Christ. God gave us the ability to understand and to think like Christ. But friends, he is still God. We are not God. And friends, I'll tell you right now, your little computer will get overkill and pop. And there will be steam if you had to try and bring everything into our understanding. We have to just understand that he's God. And that's why, friends, we've got to kill anything that wants to, some arrogance, to resurrect our lives and to put some kind of place and where we fit into this equation. We don't fit into this equation. We have to deny ourselves. We have to die. We have to yield. We have to surrender. We have to give up. We have to allow Him to become our all. And then when He becomes our all, I get the privilege of operating in His glory. Woo! Who He is. I get to walk around to some guy's hobbling and he's going to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Wow, 
And I go, whoa, it's awesome. Isn't that privilege? What a power that he gives us that authority, friends. But just, let's get the order still right. Let's get the understanding right. Where am I? Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. Uh, so verse 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. In righteousness you'll be established. God is declaring you and speaking, and that terror and fear is going to be far from you. Oppression is not even going to be near you, because you're established in righteousness, right? And then it goes on in, in uh, verse 17. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness from me, declares the Lord. This is our inheritance. This is our, it's our righteousness in God, in Christ, right? So our righteousness in Him, friends, is not us. Again, He's become, we read it 1 Corinthians 1.30, our righteousness. It's Him. He is our righteousness. Now we stand in Him, in His righteousness, friends. So when God's looking at me, He's seeing uh, Jesus, not seeing me, and He's seeing Jesus' righteousness, not my righteousness, right? And we kind of get this one, but then we get it kind of, and we get into the whole works thing, and then we, we lose it. It's our identity. It's who we are, because Christ is in me. It's my everything, right? So now when I, I kind of want to, uh, let me, Ephesians, let's jump back to Ephesians. I'm only doing it because it's in Ephesians. Lord. <laughs> Ephesians 4, let's go to verse 24. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So when I put on the new self, it's created in true righteousness and holiness, right? So now there's the righteousness and holiness that's in my life. Now if you go quickly to um, Matthew 6, quickly. Matthew 6, it'll bring the context of this verse that we made fridge magnets from. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 33. Simply says this. Hallelujah. I'll slow down. Okay. I'm getting too excited. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have needed them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then Romans 14, I think it's verse 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right? So suddenly now He's saying, don't worry about what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. The Father knows you have need of those, and He knows everybody's asking for them. But He says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. His righteousness is found in the kingdom of God. And then what happens, friends? The rest gets added. You see, if you do this right, you put this in its rightful place. If you make it first, then the second tier gets added. If you make the second tier first, you lose the second tier and you lose. You with me? See, see, when you understand that he is our righteousness, then you seek first the kingdom, the king, who he is, 
His righteousness, not my works, not me trying to stray, just him, it's him, it's all about him. It's not about me trying to do a bunch of stuff and do things right, and it's just about him, it's all he is, I release. This is about you, Lord. The rest gets added. What's the rest? Just what he was just talking about, what you'll eat, drink, wear, the material stuff, the material stuff that he knows we need in this life. He's saying that just gets added when you do this first. <laughs> And how you do that first, friends, is you surrender totally to Him. Are you with me? Oh, okay. One, one, one illustration. Let me go to the next illustration. Uh, I don't have time. Okay. Okay. Let's just quickly go. To, just skip over Matthew to twenty-five. Matthew twenty-five. Let's just go there quickly. Matthew 25, that's just reading from verse one. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all these virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will be not, not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour. Not preach very often, the 10 virgins anymore. Let me give you a quick analysis and revelation there. There are 10 virgins. What's a virgin representative of? It's the church, born again believer. There are 10 born again believers. All of them have oil. Right? 10 believers all have oil. Then what happens is there's a delay. There's a de delay with the bridegroom. Friends, and right now in the church, right now, there is a delay. And when there's a delay, friends, what happens to the people of God? They get caught up in number two and forget number one. They get sidetracked in a whole bunch of stuff, friends. And when they get sidetracked in a whole bunch of stuff, guess what happens? When the bridegroom arrives, friends, they suddenly realize they don't have oil. They didn't bring any oil. This is Ephesians. I'm gonna join the dot here quickly. They didn't have any oil, friends. So, oops, no, you need to, no, there wasn't, you can't share. We can't share, so you have to go off. Now, I don't wanna get into the, where they went and they had to go buy the oil. What I simply wanna say is that, that when they went off, friends, what happened was the bridegroom arrived and they, these virgins that had the oil were invited into a marriage feast. Now, I want you to understand, first and foremost, friends, this is not talking about the return of Jesus. Because these are all virgins. And the unsaved can't come and knock on the door of heaven and say, let me in. So what happens? You have five, and it wasn't five false virgins, it was five foolish virgins. So what happens here is five half friends could not go into the marriage feast. Not they're not saved. This is a there's something, friends, that's being reserved for the people of God, friends, that will be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and continually filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, constantly having reserves of Holy Spirit, not sitting here, had a little encounter that was nice, and then a couple of years, have another little encounter, and every now and then I read my Bible, and God gives me a little tickle, and whoo, and my, and, my, and my hairs on my arm go funny, friends. This is the reality about a whole group of believers, friends, that had Holy Spirit, and they were filled by Holy Spirit. Go and read Ephesians. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Oh. Friends, it's a story here, and I, I haven't got time to unpack it in, in huge detail, but just simply to say this, that friends, there was something that was lost by the foolish virgins. They weren't allowed to get in. Don't get caught up with, well, I don't know you, because there's, there's a lot of understanding in that. They are still born again, friends, but they, in that particular moment, they were not allowed, they were not known to go in to experience the fullness of God. I believe that God is rallying the people of God right now. And they're encountering Him and they're getting this revelation, understanding, becoming one with Him, allowing Holy Spirit to work in their lives, allowing Holy Spirit to empower them. As He's allowing Holy Spirit to empower them, they're getting filled with Holy Spirit. They're about to be invited into a feast, friends. A marriage feast, an incredible feast with God, where we can experience His glory and operate and move in all that He's got for us. But those that are foolish that have been sitting around, friends, going, oh, no, I don't know, the Lord's been tarrowing, so I go to church whenever I feel like it. I'm busy, I'm very busy, I'm tired on Sundays, I'm working really hard. Um, you know, life is difficult, whatever, my bond has just gone up, interest rates, you know, people in the country taking money, causing things to happen, and woe is me, and so I can't really get to church, and there's difficulties, and, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a family man, I need to spend time with my family, whoa, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, zero meaningfulness when it comes down to when the bridegroom comes if you haven't got any oil. See, I didn't say this. I just read in the Bible. Let me read you quickly, should I read Revelations? I'll just read Revelations. Then I looked and behold, Revelations 14, not the whole book, just Revelations 14, verse one. Then I looked and behold, just check your faces there for a moment. Oh dear God. <laughs> then I looked and behold on Mount Zion stood the lamb and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. Um, no, well, let's not go there. It's gonna be naughty. 144,000, okay, no, let's not go there. Uh, written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was the sound of harpers playing on their harps. And they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women for they are virgins. I haven't got time to unpack all of that. Just understand that they're virgins, they're born again believers. It is these who follow the lamb where he goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the lamb. And in their mouth, no lie was found for they are blameless. And if you went down to verse 15, just for the sake of it, just quickly, it says, and another angel came out of the temple calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in the sickle and reap for the hour uh, to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. He's talking firstly about first fruits and then he's talking about the harvest. How many know it's got nothing to do with the quality of the crop? Because it's the same crop. What's the difference between the first fruits and the harvest, friends? The difference between the first fruits and the harvest is the first fruits mature early. 
They mature quicker. I want to encourage every single one of you and say the Bible for me makes it very clear that if we yield to this and mature in God as his first fruits, friends, we will experience something that not everyone will walk in or experience. <laughs> and that's what he's trying to tell us here. And what he's trying to tell us here is just yield to me. This is not a popping vain effort here. This is actually just simply an understanding. Don't try harder, friends. Trust. Believe. Yield to Jesus. He is our everything. Yield to Holy Spirit and allow Him to do this amazing work within us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, works which He prepared beforehand for us to walk in. Right? This is about Jesus. We are His workmanship. Created in Him, friends, for these things that we have called to do. Amen. Last but not least, very quickly, and then I'll pull it all together in a few sentences. Maybe just, let me just quickly say this one. If you went to um, John chapter 16, verse 23, it says, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So listen to this very carefully. Understand this. In that day, you will, you will ask nothing of me, right? But truly I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So he's explaining something here very quickly. He's trying to tell us something that we've asked nothing in his name, right? Until now. Up to now we're asking nothing. But there's a time coming where we're going to ask something. So ask yourself this question. What actually happened? How the heck Ask yourself this question. You got a bunch of disciples, they're moving and they're operating with you. You ask nothing in his name. How the heck did they operate? Remember, he sent the disciples out. They went out, they were laying hands, people were getting healed, delivered, set free. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. How did that happen? So just if you shoot back to uh, Matthew chapter 10. I'm loving Matthew because that's where all the red letters are. But in Matthew chapter 10, the very first couple of verses it says, And he called to him his 12 disciples, and he gave them, and he gave them, and he called to himself his 12 disciples, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. So we haven't asked in Jesus' name, nothing. Nothing's happened in Jesus' name, but people are going around and they're getting people healed, set free, delivered. Spirits are coming out. How are they doing it? He gave them his authority, right? This is a very quick. Okay, now just go to Matthew 28. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, if this doesn't turn the lights on, then we have to check the wiring. Okay, um, Matthew 28, let me just read it to you. Matthew 28, it's our beloved commission from the Lord. Now the 11 disciples went to, go, the 11 disciples went to the Galilee to the mountains to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. I'll say it quickly, because did you catch something different there? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? To Jesus. So Jesus says, right now I'm going to give you all authority, and I'm going to now give you. No, he doesn't say that. Before, he gave them authority. The Bible says he gave them authority. 
Now, he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now you go. Because it's Jesus who has all authority and power, and Jesus is now inside of them. So the authority and power is now in Christ. So now when I come and I speak before, I didn't ask in your name, but now I can ask in your name because all authority and power now lives inside of me. Now it's not a case of, I don't know if I've quite got all the authority and power yet. I need to go and fast some more. I need to go read the word some more. I need to go study a bit more. I need, I need to just somehow, God, I just have to cry on my face, push my face more into the carpet so that I can get more authority and more humble, more just God, give me authority and power. It's not your authority and power, it's Jesus. And it's not about how wonderful week you had, it's about whether you believe that Jesus is inside of you and that he has all authority and power. Which means I can pray for anybody anytime if I'm my worst place or my best place because it's not about whether my place is about his place. Amen. All authority and power has been given to me, Jesus said. Now you can go. Why can I go? I'm going in him, friends. That's why straight after that, when they understood it, the revelation, the Holy Spirit came down. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they empowered them. They could now go in the name of Jesus. But they understood now the word was living inside of them and they had to make the noise first. They had to bring the song. They had to sing the word. And the Holy Spirit inside of them now would bring form to whatever they said. So they said it in the name of Jesus. Jesus had such confidence in, 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 in his people that he would entrust his name to them. If you understand biblically, friends, what it means to entrust your name. Friends, when a person came with a person's name, friends, it carried all the backing. It's like you signing a blank check for me and me going, you can go to the bank. If you signed it, friends, it's got all your backing. Whatever's in your account, I'm taking it. Amen. And God is so overwhelmingly good. He's so beautiful. He's saying, whatever's in my account, you can have it. Woo. It's a blank check, friends. If we can just understand who we are in Christ. Understand here that it's about Holy Spirit. It's about being filled with Holy Spirit so that He can bring form to the Word that's inside of me, living and active and powerful. See, and the reason why we're not jumping out of our chairs is because it takes... It's because it takes a time to get this revelation understanding. And it's, it's got to be, no, that's more complicated than that. It's, it's, that sounds, no, that doesn't sound right. There's got to be something here. Let me go. Something inside of my knowledge is telling me, yeah, you've been eating from a different tree, bud. And they never ate from the tree. In the beginning. They ate from another tree, the tree of life. When they ate from that tree, friends, they didn't worry about what was right or wrong. They just, their standard became the cross of Jesus. What's the cross, friends, where you die? And where he lives. That became the standard, friends. Now my life is not about me anymore. Now it's about me living for him. Friends, in simplicity, I'm landing. You can do this in a few minutes. In simplicity, friends, is God is in eternity. Let me see if I can do this well. And don't confuse everybody. God's in eternity, friends. There is a little moment called time. Every single one of us, friends, was created. So we had a start. He doesn't have a start. No start, no end. But we have a start, friends. We break into time. And then, friends, we get a gift. And it's called time. However long that gift is, God will judge you based on the gift that you're given. If you were, you're given the gift of one hour, eight days, one month, 50 years, 
110 years, friends, that's the gift that you've given. And what you do with that gift, friends, in relation to Christ, because he broke into time, will determine your destiny. Where you end up, friends. Because you and I, once we were given this gift and we broke into time, we, from that point on, we live forever. So we have got to sit here today and get a revelation, understanding of this incredible gift that we've been given. And we've got limited time to be able to do whatever God's called us to do. And I was gonna share with you four key things that I'm not gonna be able to. But four key things, friends, that we need to get a revelation understanding of. Time is not some cyclical little that just repeats itself and economies and oh, and then we go through a drought and then we come back again and, and then we go through an ice age and then we do. Friends, time is linear. There's a beginning and there's an end to time. And at the end of that time, friends, things are gonna get wrapped up. And what you did with this gift, friends, will determine your eternity. And that should carry some weight over our lives. That we shouldn't be so blase, friends. We were given a task. We are His. We were given some things. So how do I fit into the program? So four things I'm gonna say. Four things. Number one, quickly, the eternal purpose of God. Do you understand the eternal purpose of God? Nobody can go into a building and begin to work if they don't know what the heck they're building. Right? Do you understand the eternal purpose of what you're building? what your part is, what your skill is, how God's placed you into, how you fit, and what you actually do. You have to understand that. Look at your blank faces. Friends, you're not just here blase by some accident or some little chromosome or whatever the heck it was that did do some funny things or whatever, the Y and the... There's purpose. God created you for a plan, for purpose, for Him to do and to fulfill His calling. So there's an eternal purpose that I need to understand. And he plants me and puts me in places for this work that he's called me to do, amen. In him, to display and be his body and to cause everybody, his whole point was in the very beginning is he wanted to dwell with man and this was his family. He was gonna have nice fun and we're gonna multiply and give them fun as well and they can also multiply and we can have this lovely family, friends. Then man comes in and messes it up and God has to set a plan and process, process, friends. And the reason why, friends, heaven and earth had to separate is because God could not dwell where there was sin. So heaven and earth separates, friends, and God has to be in heaven, and now man's on earth, and then he brings this, this, um, this plan in place, friends. At the end of the day, friends, heaven and earth come back down together again. New heaven, new earth, right? Because God wants to dwell with man. His whole point is to dwell with man. So friends, but this is gonna get wrapped up. It's about him building his family. It's about one by one building the palace. The palace of God where God can come and dwell amongst his people. So we're on this journey and on this plan to achieve that. Amen. And I've forgotten the other three. Number two, it has to be conceived by God. Whatever you're involved with has to be conceived by God, right? You're not doing a whole bunch of stuff asking God to bless you. It has to be conceived by God. God's gotta be the author of the whole thing. Jesus said, I can do nothing apart from, from God, right? So it has to be, and that was Ephesians 2.10. We always work with credit in Christ Jesus for good works. Um, then number three is, um, it has to depend on God to succeed. Oops. How many know there's so much going on in the world today, so much going on in the church today that doesn't even need God to succeed? Because man in himself is very powerful and he can do some amazing things. God created man tremendously. The mind is a very, very powerful thing, friends. The mind is incredibly powerful. It's this, this gift that God gave us. It's so, it's so powerful, friends. The un unfortunate thing with the mind is it's useless on its own. You see, it's subject to influence. 
Think of a keyboard, 88 keys. Every single one of you is sitting in front of a keyboard. 88, is it 88 keys? I don't know. Comes to mind, 88 keys. 88 keys on a keyboard, friends. How many know that keyboard is powerful, can produce incredible notes, but how many know, depending on where you put the pressure and in what sequence you do put the pressure, it depends what sound comes out. Amen? That's why God's saying renew your mind because where pressure's being put on, there's fraught sound coming out. So it's saying renew it so you can apply and make your song. And what pressure do you apply? You come into line with His Word. You play His Word, friends, and when there's His Word, then the creative power of the Holy Spirit comes and causes you to live in His glory. Amen. And number four, I don't even got that. The number four is for His glory. Everything to the praise of His glory. And if you had to go back to Ephesians, and I've landed Ephesians, if you go to Ephesians chapter one, I'll just read it to you. Good theology, land with the word. Ephesians chapter one, uh, it says, number of, I think it's verse six, he predestined us for the adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Going to verse 12, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Jumping on, one or two verses down, 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Amen. Those four things, friends, if you operate in those four things, and that's operating in Christ, in Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do, friends, you will experience the glory of God. And when you experience the glory of God, you will experience oneness. Not this oneness, this oneness. And when they see this oneness, they will see the body of Christ. We can only fit together if we are his body, which means if we are in Christ, if we're full of Christ, and there's only Christ, and Christ is our flavor, and Christ is our everything, then we fit together and we begin to operate. Amen. Shall we stand? Now, I would suggest you go to the website and listen to it again because I've spoke so fast. It's, uh, thank you, Jesus. All our... All I'm wanting to say in the long-winded, long way is just simply to say this, church, is that I believe God is busy speaking across the earth to His people. And He's realigning. They, it takes some of our ladies to go all the way to, um, what's it, Middle East, what the, what's it, uh, Hong Kong, uh, Ch Chinese, or go all the way there. Just to go... Is to go all the way there, friends, to realize something. That God is speaking there saying, listen, this is bigger than what your culture, your upbringing or everything. This is not about me. This is not about Korea. This is not about China. This is not about Japan. This is about Jesus. This is about becoming one with Him. This is about being united. This is about giving reverence back to the Word of God again. This is about a person who's coming up to the front to share a word of the Lord and a whole bunch of people gathering around and praying and getting excited as they begin to deliver. Not thank you very much. What's that person saying? I don't know, God said we're a flower. Let's move on. This is back about a reverence and understanding of the word of God. This is about putting back God in his rightful place in our lives, putting him first. As we put him first in his rightful place and he becomes our everything, he's our all. He became to us righteousness. He became to us sanctification, redemption. Christ became to us. I'm sanctified by allowing Christ to become that in my life. 
Not by popping veins and trying to be disciplined to stop myself from doing some naughty things. Allowing Christ to rule and reign in my life, yielding to Him, telling Him, I can't do it, but you can do it. God, I surrender, have your way. So Father, as we stand before you this morning, I've got a short, 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 short prayer. And that's, Lord God, let no one just take my word for it or what I said this morning. Because that just elevates a man again. I ask, Lord God, that every person, whatever sparked in their spirit this morning, whatever stirred them up, that they'd go away and they would read your word and go find out and study, Lord God, as a workman to show himself approved. That I don't take this lightly. I'm studying the word. Ask yourself this question in your job place. Do you just like, oh, it doesn't matter, whatever. I guarantee you've gone and you've studied and you go to courses and you go to conferences and you go to things. You study to show yourself approved as a plumber or an electrician or a teacher or a doctor. You, you've studied. Study to show yourself approved as one who is Christ-like by studying the Word. Find out what the Word says. Allow Him to change, mold. Allow Him to take this mind and allow the, Him to sequence and play how he wants to play so that your song can be released we were born for such a time as this i pray that holy spirit will bring would have new meaning and understanding for you in your life and it's not just hey i got baptized in the holy spirit in 1974 but actually that holy spirit i want you to fill me to be alive in me i want to embrace you i want you to be surrounding me i want you to flow, be like rivers inside of me, living water that comes up from my belly so that I'm refreshed and strengthened and able to release and allow it to flow because it's never ending. See, there's no end to God. He's not worried about running out. He's not worried about being short, friends. That's an orphan mentality. A son and a daughter, to be a son and a daughter is to realize that he is good and he wants his goodness to flow all the time. So Lord, I just pray today, Father, that all of that I've said, that you just bring some revelation, understanding, and that as a church, we begin to walk in it and experience it. I ask this by the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.